inside the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580, where we bring you the latest in entertainment news, trending topics, and interviews. I'm your host, Robin Ayers, with you Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. on that drive home, at home, wherever you are. I hope you are tuning in, and I hope you are having a wonderful day. It is Monday. We are getting the party started early. Andy came in with the heat early, and you already know why. He's playing that good old Usher, that feel-good Usher. We will definitely be talking about Usher today as that we feel wonderful news has been dropped over the weekend. Uh, we will definitely hit all of that up, talk about all of it and more for sure. Um, happy birthday goes out to Will Smith. Hey, can I can I say something real quick? Can I say something and bring you all in very, very close? Guess what time it is. Guess what season it is. Oh, it's Libra season. Oh, yeah. It's Libra season. <laughs> Congratulations to my fellow Libra. Will Smith and happy birthday to him. I know he's having a, a great day. And yes, if you were wondering, Jada Pinkett did wish him a, a beautiful message. It was beautiful. Uh, there's no strife between. <laughs> You're not feeling it, Andy? You don't believe it? I mean, what's up? <laughs> okay. Some of us still believe in the Smith family and believe in love. Not to say that Andy doesn't, but uh, she sent him a nice little message online. And, um, you know, so good for him and good for her. Uh, what, what, Andy? What, Andy? Are you sure that Will Smith wanted that extravagant message? Will Smith is the epitome of extravagant. And he does it for her birthday every year. Do you remember the day, the, the, the birthday where he counted down the exact days or moments or seconds that he's known her? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's extravagant, Andy. I'm just making sure, you know what I mean? Because, you know, Will Smith tried to do the same thing for, you know, his wife. Yeah. And she wasn't appreciative. Oh, you're talking about that, that, that. Are you talking about the documentary? Exactly. Give me that's a all piece I'm, of paper. I can roll it up. And <laughs> no, no, we've come. We've come far. We are. Uh, we are in a different day and age. Uh, <laughs> so, OK, I still believe in them. Happy birthday, Will Smith. Hey, Megan the Stallion hit the stage in Houston. If you don't know, Megan the Stallion is from Houston, Texas, and so is Beyonce. So they definitely uh, tore it up at the Renaissance Tour. Here's what's so funny to me. This is what one thing that I realized. Megan the Stallion, everybody obviously was coming down on her. A lot of people, not everybody. She has a lot of people, Team Megan. But a lot of people were coming down on her, obviously, because Tory Lanez and the whole uh, him being sentenced and he's doing 10 years or so. And people were still knocking Megan the Stallion until Beyonce says on stage, I love you, Megan. I, I'm proud of you, Megan. So when Beyonce puts the stamp of approval, so to speak, on Megan the Stallion, all of a sudden, guess what? Everybody is team Meg. But, you know, whatever the case is, they definitely did their, um, they did a great job performing on stage in Houston. So shout out to them. All right. I think it's the moment that we have all been waiting for. We've been talking about it for five months. It looks like there's a preliminary deal that's been reached in the writer's strike. Congratulations to them because I know so many people, writers, actors, producers, directors, uh, so many people in the SAG-AFTRA union, the Writers Guild. There are so many people everywhere who have just been on strike. They've been, you know, on the front line. With their picket signs, I was out there. You know, we, we're trying to stand in solidarity and unite with them. But 
Finally, it looks like a deal has been reached, and that's very exciting for them. They are very, very happy. They still need to make it official, and right now we don't know the the details of that deal that was reached. But, you know, we'll find out. And you already know. You know, I'll find out and I'll let you guys know. I'm also excited because I've been looking to get so many actors onto this stage or onto this show, rather, to talk about their their shows and their projects. And so many are like, I can't wait to come on, but we can't talk about it right now. We can't we can't come on right now. So uh, now that hopefully officially a deal has been reached um, or when it is reached officially, we will get some of these people on, these actors who can't wait to talk about their projects. So you guys definitely make sure that you stay tuned for that. Let's go ahead and drop what the Rob Report is, Andy. Now it's time for a breakdown. All right. We came in talking about it. We came in grooving to him. Usher, Usher, Usher. You already know. You've seen the news that Usher is headlining the Super Bowl in 2024. It's a huge deal. You already know by now it is a very, very big deal. This is happening in Las Vegas. And what's cool is he's already out there. He's already the king of Vegas right now. We're going to break that down, though. Talk about it because I want to know this discussion pretty much comes up every year. If you have one solo artist, do they have enough to make it happen? Do they have everything to be entertaining enough? You let me ask or tell it I'm gonna say yes of course he does Um, but we'll talk about it with our contributor we're also gonna talk about um, you know Bone Thugs and Harmony Uh, one of the members Crazy Bone he is hospitalized and uh, and really hanging on for dear life so we definitely need prayers up we're gonna talk about Special Ed another rapper from back in the day who was making mention of N.W.A. he has some things to say about N.W.A. we'll break that down hopefully if we have time we can get to supermodel Iman and she was talking about boycotting a particular designer and I thought it was so powerful because if we could all us 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 our people if we could come together and and actually follow through with boycotting what kind of changes could we see within the industry Um, not just fashion but the, the industry in and of itself So we'll break that down on the other side. I do have a question for you when we come forward and we'll get the party started. You are listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay right there. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Lil Real. How are you? Right now, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. That's right. Well, you know, I never do this by myself. I'm uh, usually joined by a contributor. And today we have a wonderful one. Um, welcome, Nick Hamilton of Nightcast Media to The Raw Report. What's up, Nick? How are you today? Hey, you know, I'm living and breathing. How are you doing? You know, I am wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm getting my Monday started, trying to get my energy up there. Uh, but I feel good. I feel good. So thank you so much for asking. Um Nick, there is so much to talk about. Obviously, we can't cover nearly a, a, a quarter of it within the um, Raw Report every day just because we're, we have an hour. But there are certain things that I definitely want to get to. And I want to start off by this Usher news because it is a big, big deal. Usher, um, it, you know, it was revealed on Saturday by a cool little spoof. I'm sure everybody has seen it by now with where Kim Kardashian was involved. Um, and they, they announced that he, he's going to be headlining the Super Bowl, which is, as we know, a very big deal. Now, Usher has been on the Super Bowl stage, and that was with the um, Black Eyed Peas. I believe that was 2011. And so, yeah, he's familiar with it, but headlining, Nick? 
headlining. That's a big, big deal. Do you think that Usher has what it takes to do it by himself, all 13 minutes? Absolutely. If anybody could headline the Super Bowl halftime show, it's Usher. This man is a global phenomenon. I mean, he's, he's, he holds it down with his Vegas residency, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, I knew the guy was talented. You know, he was special. But I, when I went, when I got a chance to really witness his residency, of him doing, you know, basically no guests when I went. It was him for two hours, changing stages, changing wardrobe, and continue to keep, keep you engaged. That is the ultimate superstar in my book. So if anybody can hold it down for 13, 14 minutes, it is absolutely Usher. And what better place to be than in Vegas, Sin City, and on the biggest stage of them all? I agree with you. I mean, many would say that uh, that that's a fact. I mean, it's sort of perfect because um, he's already out there. He has you know, been in Vegas now for his residency for two years. He actually, on his inter- his recent interview, that he was saying, um, he said, I think that everything led up to this moment going to Las Vegas for my residency for the last two years. The 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 legacy, obviously, that is, uh, that is a must. He said the celebration of entertainment in that place. It's the city of lights. Everybody has been going. I've not quite made my way to see Usher uh, perform in his residency, but I'm telling you, I, I've never even really wanted to go to Super Bowl, but I would go to Super Bowl to Super Bowl just for the energy of what Usher is is going to bring. Hopefully, uh, he will bring. I'm sure he will. So I want to go to uh, Super Bowl. Is that something you plan to do? Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to Super Bowl, but I'm going for work related reasons. Well, so, Listen, yeah, well, you're gonna be all on the sidelines. Listen, if you got the hookup, <laughs> no, I will be in. I will be in the press box or some auxiliary. No, 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 no. no we're not gonna. We're not gonna tell that lie. Uh, I, I'll be down there after the game. Yeah, but they gonna keep us right where they can see us. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Well, um, we'll see. We'll see what it brings. Uh, I know that everybody is so excited about it. So I agree with you. I think that Usher has the vocals. I think he has the talent, the dance, you know, the performance, the performing. He has everything uh, to bring that to um, to to perfection, in my opinion. Uh, Chris Gunther says Usher is a legend. He's the perfect artist to perform at the Super Bowl. I completely agree. He said, I'd, I'd love to cover the Super Bowl and see Usher for sure. For sure. Uh, same here. Um Let's go ahead and talk about since we're we're already in conversations about music, someone that many of us deem um, iconic, which is Bone Thugs and Harmony. They had changed the game in so many different ways in the 2000s. Crazy Bone, who is from Bone Thugs and Harmony, is pretty much fighting for his life in the hospital right now. He was coughing up blood. They uh, noted that he had. issues with his artery he does suffer from a condition but he had uh, leakage in his arteries and so he they performed several surgeries on him and reports are that he's on life support so definitely prayers many many prayers up to crazy bone and um, the group as a whole just a, as a brotherhood um, number one any thoughts on that the fact that you know how it is Nick you know we don't really pay homage or we don't pay much attention or give a lot of respect and credit due until we see someone who is laid up or someone who has passed and um you know here he is sort of on the brink of it but now he's getting all these flowers your thoughts well i think ever since i mean they came into the game in what 1993 94 so 
I mean, you look at all what they've been able to accomplish, you know, collectively as well as individually. I mean, Crazy Bone is a good dude. I've had a chance to talk to him on a couple of occasions. and yeah. He's really a down-to-earth, really good dude. Very sharp uh, dude as well. Um, you know, it was very sad to hear that he was definitely fighting and continues to fight for his life mm-hmm. um, because of his health condition. This is a health condition, as you mentioned, that has persisted uh, for the last several years. And so you just hope. Um, and really send positive energy and healing energy out to him as well as his family and his and you know the rest of Bone Thugs Army because they're they're hurting as well right now too because mm-hmm. uh, that's their friend they all grew up and obviously in the same area same block so uh, you 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 hope the best hope this brother can pull out of this um, and and be able to get healthy and they can figure out a way to keep him healthy uh, so he can do what he continues to love which is making music and and performing in front of large crowds. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, he is very, very sharp. He has uh, he was on the brink of something, doing some amazing things. And I know uh, at one point we wanted to get him here in the studios um, at KBLA. So we'll see what happens as far as his health is concerned and continue to wish him well wishes. I, it It is just heartbreaking to see someone who you love so much and who had been such a, a huge part of like the soundtrack really to, to our lives when we were coming up. And like you mentioned, the 19, the 90s and 2000s and uh, the group as a whole. And we had the um, the the privilege of, you know, our kids used to go to the same school. So we often were around each other. And like you said, sharp guy, very, uh, very, he's a brilliant dude. And so um, just, you know, it's just a sad, heartbreaking situation. But hopefully, again, he will come out of this prayerfully he will come out of this and receive those flowers that everybody is giving him right now um so let's let's switch gears for a quick second and talk about this um (laughs) the situation that you actually made me aware of nick i i had no idea special ed first of all can i just tell you i used to love special ed when he came out what was it late 80s 90s late late 80s early 90s When he when Special Ed first came out, you really couldn't tell me nothing. I was I was like his sidekick at home, just you know, rapping along with this guy. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed what he brought to to the music industry. But now, he he was on a recent episode of uh, Drink Champs, and he's saying what Nick inform us, let us know what you know about what Special Ed is talking about regarding NWA. <sighs> Um, basically he was saying, he, he alluded to the fact that NWA led to destruction in hip hop or destruction in rap. Um, well, I mean, y'all can go ahead and play the clip if you got it. If not, I'll keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, do we have the clip? Let's go ahead and lay the foundation. Let everybody hear what he said. That was so surprising. And then Nick, I do want to hear from you, whether you agree, this is one of those kind of topics where you're like, you kind of fall on one side or another. We'll get what you think on the other side. Let's listen to this clip. W.A. brought the age of destruction. (laughs) Damn. W.A. brought the age of destruction to our children and our culture. Wow. Period. A, I respect all of them as men, but as the art form, and you want me to speak on the art form, I'm going to tell you what it is. That's where it started. Wow. That's where the agenda started, and that's where the destruction began. Of gangster rap, you would give that to them, or was it Ice-T? Well, Ice-T... Yeah, Ice-T did that. I ain't say they started gangster rap, but what happened was when the president sent them that letter, uh-huh. they went ham with that Right. Like, you know, and they had uh, 
more of a presence. Mm-hmm. You know, Ice T did his numbers back. You know, he did his thing. That's my OG too, Ice T. But and W A ran away with it in such a way where it was like, for real, Word. that's all we gonna do. Yeah, you know, it was genius for them, and they made millions of dollars off of it. But look at what it caused. You they feel said, me? F- the police early. Yeah, <laughs> we all were saying f- the police, but they said it on record. On record, absolutely, yeah, on record. for the record. <laughs> and I respect them for that too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, I I gotta know what you think about this, Nick. I'm going to respectfully disagree with the OG Special Ed because I actually like Special Ed, but he's completely misinformed on this and absolutely ignorant when it comes to this topic because, first of all, who started hip-hop? Hip-hop was started by cats in the streets who were actually either connected to gangsters or actually with gangsters themselves. That's how they started hip-hop. Hip-hop is a voice of the streets, right? Mm -hmm. Who's in the streets? You know, different walks of life, obviously, but also the gangsters. I mean, New York had gangsters. Don't act like that's not act like New York didn't have gangsters. It's like act. That's not act like New York is just this safe haven, okay? And then you want to talk about West Coast rap, which to me, I mean, in this instance, he sounds like a complete clown. Because here's the thing about N.W.A. and especially Straight Outta Compton, which the album he's referring to. Straight Outta Compton was a street record, was a political record, no different than It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Me Back by Public Enemy. If you listen to KRS One, it just they were saying it from a different perspective because art imitates life. Mm. And in the streets, NWA was were, were reporters of the street. You can hear the soulness. That's why you had Ice Cube. Ice Cube knew exactly what he was talking about. He was the soul of the NWA, and that's why NWA was such, such threatening to the FBI, which is why they sent that letter thinking they can intimidate NWA, and it backfired on them, and it, it got NWA publicity, with Special Ed said. But let's go back. Excuse me, you can't blame NWA for the dest- quote-unquote destruction of rap, because reality rap, a gangster rap, has always been there. If you heard of Schoolie D from Philly, let's go back to, he mentioned Ice T 6 in the morning, when cats was moving weight, and, 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 and the police would come at knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Toddy T and Nick's Master Spade. Let's go back to King T. So, and, and, and the list goes on. First of all, you can't, the, the destruction of rap did not come from NWA. That is the com- biggest misnomer I have ever heard. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard mm. from somebody who's supposed to be a part of this culture, an intricate part of this culture, who's supposed to know better. And the fact, I don't know who the hell paid you or what you, misre- what you misunderstood about Strata Compton, but go back and listen to Strata Compton. It's the most politically soulful record that they made as far as what was being said, how it was being said, and they said stuff that even you were scared to say publicly on record that you admitted publicly that you were scared to say after police. They weren't. They were saying exactly what everybody else had been saying, feeling, and had been experiencing okay. for decades. Okay. Well said. Uh, I, I want to go ahead and get to this this comment from Fahima. Fahima, thank you for calling the Rob Report. What's going on, Fahima? <laughs> Yes, greetings, um, Robin, and greetings to your guests. While I don't agree with, I think it was Special Ed, mm-hmm. his commentary that uh, NWA led to the destruction of hip-hop. Mm. However, I have to respectfully disagree with your guest when he said that, that, yes, there were gangsters in New York, but hip-hop, and I just want to say, I went to school with Andre Harrell. And in 1973, they took uh, music out of the school and black people, 
Latino people and Caribbean people, African-Americans, Latinos and Caribbean people took and made something out of nothing like they did with the steel oil pans in Trinidad, taking those empty oil pans and African people's ability to make something out of nothing. Mm. Hip hop, when it was in New York, was not about gangsters. Okay, and also Ice T's song "Ask the Police" was not a rap song; it was a rock song. Mm-hmm. And I do not believe N.W.A. caused the destruction of hip hop. They were merely expressing and articulating what their realities were. Mm. Uh, okay. Anything, Nick? Do you have anything to say in response? Oh yeah, I have a lot to say. Actually, I'm going to disagree, and let's let's bring up some history. Number one, who paid for hip hop? It was the street cats that actually paid for hip hop in order to have a lane to carve in, whether it be in the parks, whether it be on the streets. So that's what I'm saying about the gangsters being involved in hip hop. Number two, Ice T made six in the morning, not ask the police. And when he made six in the morning, that was also a record that resonated with not only people in L.A., but resonated around the country because West Coast culture has influenced everybody in this country. No matter what was being said, how it was being said, everybody felt it. Even to this day, people emulate West Coast culture. They may not give us the credit, but they definitely emulate it and they definitely love it and they gravitated towards it because once N.W.A., once you got other groups above the law, DOC, all these other groups that came from the West Coast, even groups in the Bay Area, I didn't hear for nothing from Special Ed. So mm. what I'm saying is hip-hop hip hop saved a lot of lives, regardless of what was being said, because the truth was actually going forth from various neighborhoods, because these were the reporters that were going to be around these neighborhoods that were speaking what they saw, what they experienced, what their friends experienced, what their families experienced. So... To sit up here and to crucify an entire group that pretty much opened the door, helped open the door, and kicked open the door, especially the late great Easy E, who had the brilliant business mind to continue to keep the doors open and to make sure that you can say what you want to say on a record between Easy E and Luther Campbell, mm-hmm. who was uh, who the reason why we have parental advisory stickers mm-hmm. on records mm-hmm. and made sure that music was sold in music stores. It was between Luther Campbell and also made Easy E made sure he kept he kept kick that door open and, and pay, continue to pay that way. Okay. That's why you have... Well, hold, hold on, hold on. I, I, I need both of you to hold on one moment because, Fahima, I definitely want you to be able to respond, but you need to hold on. <laughs> and we'll, do, we'll get to that on the other side. So uh, this is a great, a very fascinating conversation. I appreciate both of you and your remarks. Uh, I still have not chimed in with my own remarks, and we'll get to that on the other side. But right now, we've got news, traffic, and sports. You guys, stick with us on KBLA Talk 1580. You are inside the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580, and we are having, I feel, a very spirited discussion regarding what Special Ed, old school rapper, 80s, 90s uh, rapper, uh, Special Ed, what he said about the iconic group NWA. And we played that clip on the other side, uh, and we're now having a discussion with our contributor, Nick Hamilton, as well as Fahima. And uh, when we were on the other side, Nick Hamilton, you gave a chance, or you gave your voice to uh, what Fahima was saying, how she slightly disagreed with both of you, actually, Nick Hamilton, as well as Special Ed, and she gave her her feedback. But um, Nick, you responded, and Fahim, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, to give your response before I chime in on it as well. Just very briefly, I just want to correct something I said. I had said, after police, I meant cop killer. 
which was done by Ice-T in okay. 1992 on the Body Count album. That was a heavy metal song. It wasn't even a hip-hop song. And I reiterate, I do not agree with Special Ed. Uh, NWA did not destroy hip-hop. They were merely articulating what they saw. But that came out sometimes later. The brother mentioned uh, Two Live Crew, which came out sometimes later. In 1973, when DJ Kool Herc threw the party for his sister in the Bronx, there were no gangsters around. Yeah, there may be gangsters decades later, but hip-hop developed as a direct result of them pulling art, music and art out of the schools and black people's ability to make something out of nothing. They took their parents' records and created this art form. Uh, I'm going to uh, hang up here. Okay. But, you know, I just wanted to be clear on that. I mean, also, please watch the documentary that was narrated by Chuck D., um, how Hip Hop Saved the World. It's a five-part series. I had my students watch it, and I think that it does convey a lot of information mm -hmm. that's pertinent. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for calling in, and we truly appreciate you always calling in. Thank you, Fahima. Um, Nick, anything? I mean, she definitely corrected herself. Anything that you want to add uh, before we go further into this? Um, I agree with her as far as that documentary that Chuck D put out. I thought it was a fantastic documentary. I think everybody from every background should watch that mm -hmm. documentary. But what I will say in, in addition to what she said is the fact that Cool Hurt had to be had to get funding at some point. Mm -hmm. And the cats that had funding, the cats that you emulate, the cats that you would get down with were cats that was that was real street cats. You can ask anybody in New York at that time. I have family in New York at that time. That's, this is where I'm getting the information from in different, in different areas. So my whole point for that was to say that there was still an element. It may not have been as prevalent as it was out here on the West Coast at that moment in time, but it was still an element that was a part of the art form that was forming known as hip-hop. And so what I'm saying is N.W.A., to blame an entire group um, is very irresponsible and downright just lazy. Um, the West Coast, like I said earlier, the West Coast kicked open doors. They opened up opportunities. And, oh, by the way, the special ed forget that a West Coast artist that was quote unquote a reality artist or reality producer or gangster rapper um, saved Def Jam. His name was Warren G, mm -hmm. who's from Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Just want to keep that in mind. Okay. Um, here's my perspective on this. Uh, I agree in that your side. I'm 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 actually pitting not pitting you guys against each other, but I'll I'll allude to you and I'll allude to special ed. I think both of you are right. And but the part that I agree with special ed, if I can just take it and skew it a little bit and give my thoughts on what I believe he was trying to say. Had it not been for the powers that be, I forgot what I was just watching. Someone sent me something that I watched where they were talking about um where it was uh who was it? Gosh, I'm so mad that I can't remember. I just watched it. But basically, someone who's who's a, a very prominent member of the of the hip hop uh, it, culture. He's a rapper himself. Talked about how they used to pin literally pick the, the powers that be. The executives would pick different groups or individuals and get behind them and promote them. Basically, when they started talking about that stuff, which basically was deconstructing uh, all the all the destruction that we know now with hip hop has uh what it is now all the destruction he was talking about how they would pick and choose who they wanted to get behind and in that sense that is 
in essence, what happened with NWA. Yes, they were talking about street culture. They were talking about what's going on in, in, in Compton, what was going on in the surrounding areas. This is something that L.A. knew. But it, it wasn't if it wasn't for the songs like F the Police and uh, and the, many songs thereafter, if it wasn't for that specific song, the powers that be wouldn't have necessarily gotten behind them to push them into the industry, into the worldwide uh, realm for other people to hear. And I, and that is kind of what I mean or what I think that special ed means by the destruction. That's where the onset was, was N.W.A. Because, yes, you are right, Nick, in that there were other people, East Coast rappers and different people talking about gang life and stuff like that. But they did not have the impact. They did not have the power or the machine behind them that N.W.A had so had it not been for what nwa was saying the powers that be couldn't have gotten behind them so in that sense i think it was just sort of a like the perfect storm so to speak and yeah they had a they had a huge part in what we now know is this in my opinion it's 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 it is warped. It is uh, it's not destroyed, so to speak. But you know how we're often talking about hip hop. They're talking about the same things. No one is necessary. People are making up stories to, to fit into this industry. They're making up stories to fit into the genre because that is the that is technically what it is right now. So I'm saying that part, I believe, wouldn't have been laid out had it not been for what N.W.A. actually said. And then the powers that be getting behind them to push them further. Can I respond to that really quick? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. To your point, and I hear your point, but remember, it took a while for NWA to get on because Priority and all these other companies were not getting behind somebody cussing on records and talking about some of the subject matter they were talking about. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until they started getting notoriety and they started going on tour is when they really started getting that push later on, like the, the Nia's for Life album after Ice Cube had departed from the group and things like that. But also, too, the problem I have with special ed is that don't blame the symptoms. Look at the disease. And the fact that you, you didn't name any corporations, as you elocuted just now, about those powers that be that got behind to push certain music in a particular direction, don't just blame, like I said, you're blaming the symptoms instead of blaming the disease. And that's the problem I have with him. You can't blame in W.A., or Easy e without looking at those who are at Priority Records, Brian Turner and those, uh, those individuals, Jerry Heller, and those individuals that were actually going out there pushing that type of record, that type of music. Later on, obviously, Interscope down with Death Row, with Dre and Suge and, and introducing us to Snoop and everybody else. Um, so I think you have to look at that. Don't just stop there. And that was my problem. That Special Ed just pointed them out. But you didn't continue and you didn't emphasize the fact of hey, they can't do this by themselves. They have to have they have to have some type of help or some type of assistance that steamrolled them upward, that get them the exposure, that gets them flowing in that direction. So that's the problem I mainly had with special ed, uh, because he fell back. I mean, once this music went to a different direction, he fell back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I hear you. What I did definitely... you do to change it? Nothing. Yeah. Um, Fahima made a point inside of YouTube, sort of picking up from the phone call. She said, Robin, in all fairness, N.W.A. were simply talking about their reality. However, this was years after hip hop had, had begun, um, which is what I said. NB, N.W.A. was talking about their reality. And for that for that matter, there's so many artists today who are talking about their reality. But um, also to further the point, 
there are a lot of people who are creating a, a narrative that is not their reality just because they simply want to fit into what we call hip hop and what, what people want to represent as gangster rap or, you know, hardcore music or whatever. So um, it, there there are a number of variables here that contribute to the the destruction quote unquote there are a number of variables it's not i wouldn't put this all on nwa because they were simply talking about what they knew to be true i wouldn't put it all on the powers that be because you have to have consumers someone said it in here you have to have consumers who are gonna eat that up in order for it all sorted to work uh dj black 909 says as much as i respect ed I don't agree. NWA were nothing more than street poets who conveyed how life was on the streets of California. And I think people could relate to that. Absolutely true. Uh, what Special Ed fails to understand is that his era ending wasn't NWA's fault. It was the consumer's fault. Uh, like we know who bought all the records that the machine promoted. Yeah. They wanted that. That's absolutely true. Lavelle says Ed is pulling straws for relevance. Well, uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going on with that? Um, goodness gracious, we we went a while on this topic. I wasn't necessarily planning to do that, but um, I have to ask you before I let you go, Nick. Uh, there is obviously a very viral clip going on right now of Joe Biden. Uh, he's he's giving a speech where he butchers basically LL Cool J's name, but also he talks about um, he says that boy. And he corrects himself and himself and says that that man. Now people were very very taken aback and offended when he when he called him a boy. Do you think this was intentional number one or subconscious number two or was it a simple mistake or should you be offended at that? I think it was intentional and it was subconscious. I mean, look at Joe Biden's history. That's all I got to say. You got people that that will worship. You got folks that come from our area that will worship Jim Crow Joe. And this is why we need a new regime. So I'm not surprised. It's unfortunate. I hate the fact that he butchered LL Cool. I mean, how hard is it to remember LL Cool J? Like, it's so freaking simple, right? Like, how do you put that's how you know it's time for you to go, bro. Like, you can't even get a simple name like that, right? You should have had Kamala Harris do it. Like, Kamala would have done it justice, I think, right? Because I think she's a very intelligent woman. She would have done it justice. But Jim Crow Joe, no, nah, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Nick, uh, we, we definitely got to have you back on. I, you know, there are so many things I wanted to talk about, but we only have an hour, so we got to give it what we can while we have it. So uh, we'll have you back on again, obviously. Let everybody know where they can find you online. Well, I thank you for having me on. I appreciate the caller who came on. I really appreciate the dialogue with her as well. I think she brought up some very valid points as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. You can also catch me every Tuesday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Sirius XM, Channel 145, the NH Experience, as well as you can take us with you on all the streaming platforms, Apple Podcast, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and uh, check us out at nightcastmedia.com. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Nick. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Monday evening. Thank you. God bless. Talk to y'all soon. You as well. When we come forward, of course, we have got your who's got next and what not to miss. And uh, I'm going to read some of these comments while we're doing it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) When we come forward on The Rob Report, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Eric Bellinger hanging out right here with my family at The Rob Report. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, 71% of you right now say Joe Biden was not being intentional, calling LL Cool J a boy. But I guess that was a mistake. We'll see. Uh, right now, I don't know if we'll see or not. We'll see if he does it again. Right now, we have got your Who's Got Next. This is Cleo Soul, Miss Romantic. Check it out. He's just going to use you. And throw you when he's through You're not what he wants Miss Romantic Okay You are Feeling it, feeling it, feeling it Definitely, I feel it Uh, You guys feel it too That is Cleo Soul Miss Romantic Uh, Okay, now y'all are really saying a lot of a lot of things inside of this youtube chat here um it was it was a great conversation again fahima i uh i hear your point where she was coming from with her remarks in you know regarding the nwa whole situation nick hamilton as well i definitely appreciate him um listen before we let you go uh there is something that i don't want you to miss now that the writer's strike is over well it's it's potentially potentially it looks like it's going to be over. Um, so they have come to a temporary halt on the picket lines and they, they're shutting it down. The writer strike said, just, you know, listen, um, you know, just just hold off because it looks like we are uh, we're on to something. So uh, hopefully they are. And with that being said, people will begin to uh, talk about their projects and their shows and their movies. The one thing that people have been able to talk about are plays and things that have been given the okay by SAG-AFTRA. And um, I even mentioned to you, which I'm going to have this this guest on with me very, very soon. He's actually an actor on television. You see him a lot on TV. So many different projects that he's working on, but specifically he is working with the Raisin in the Sun production, which is a play here that's going on right now or uh, coming up in the very near future. So with that being said, I cannot wait to have him on. Um, But this project, this is a movie. It's called Everything is Both. Everything is Both, starring Jason Mitchell and Barton Fitzpatrick. And you can see a lot of this on, I mean, there's so many ways that you can watch this film. It's YouTube, Peacock Prime Video, Comcast, Sling, Tubi, Roku. I mean, you just the list goes on and on. Everything is both a, Jaqu- a Jaquavis Coleman film. Here's the deal. I know a lot of people like to make fun and we like we poke fun at like Tubi or um, a lot of these different streaming platforms. But at the end of the day. These are people who have, from beginning to end, created a project. They've created a film or a short film or whatever it is. And they're all still telling stories that we want to hear about, something we can relate to, something that we should be supporting and not laughing at. Because at some point, one day, they will be the next so on and so forth. I mean, John Singleton wasn't always John Singleton, right? Uh, rest in peace to John Singleton. Um, but, you know, this, the list goes on and on. So we have to start se- supporting people where they are. And so please, by all means, uh, check that out. 
and check out a lot of this music that we're playing for you guys. You know, definitely want you to support them as well. Uh, DJ Black 909, you hit the nail on the head. This is the type of music that urban mainstream radio should be playing. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. And speaking of um, supporting, y'all go ahead and support and hit that like button over in our YouTube page. I appreciate you guys. You already know what time it is. Zoe Williams is up next with the voice of reason coming in with a, a hot show like he does every single night. Today, Today's topic is... Is your obsession with balance ruining your relationship? Man, what's your concept of relationship balance? Finding harmony, exploring the meaning of balance in relationships. That's a whole, he, he, he's about to go in. He's go, he's about to go in and I know you guys need to stay and uh, watch and listen. Um, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Nick Hamilton, for calling in. It's Monday, which means we'll be right back at it tomorrow, Tuesday. You guys, I am your host, Robin Ayers. And remember, today and every day forward to be a blessing.